Welcome to Luther's Brew Brothers with Pastor Pat and Layman Dave, and we're coming to you from the hot, hot summer. <laughs> from the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, where it's uh, not a third of the earth burning, but it seems that way. <laughs> seems that way. Man, uh, the bulls and the trumpets are blaring. Yeah, and we're going to talk about, it kind of inspired us to talk a little uh, Revelation, mm-hmm. Book of Revelation today, so we're not going to, we're not going to dive way way too deep but just give me some broad uh some broad strokes maybe yeah Yeah. and kind of give you a a a sane perspective there's a lot of uh, false teachers out there that uh you know uh teach the stuff so literally that you know that it's uh it becomes very confusing so hey uh hey pastor how you doing i am doing well brother and i hope you are the same uh, what are you drinking today? I, well, I saw I saw a stone yeah, uh, gargoyle. You did, and uh, I mean, it, we always pick something for some point or reason. But I'm just thinking, I'm looking forward to talking to my brother. I know you're a Stones fan, so I got the Stone Imperial Stout, a nice uh, what is it, ten point nine percent. So that's a it's a it's really good. Not too wow. chocolatey for a stout, not too chocolatey, but I do like it. Well, I'm I. Uh, you know, for the subject matter, I'm going. Uh, I went with the Vossen Norse uh, double IPA. I need a double, so I think okay. we're both on the same thing. But, but, but well, the I got the beast on my car. It's a gargoyle, but it could be the beast. I don't see six 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 stamped anywhere. I don't think that would be very good for PR for Stone. No. But. By the time we're done with our 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 beers, though, we, we might we might feel the rapture. So, <laughs> yeah, taken up to a higher ground. Right. So uh, yeah, something I didn't realize. Going, yeah. Something I didn't realize about the Book of Revelation is that it's a it's apocalyptic in in its literary style, and and that literary style was only used about 200 years before Jesus was born, and about 200 years after. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was written almost like a, a code to the to your actual readers, uh, so that. You know, and, and it's usually had to do with good versus evil. So, you, you know, right. certain people you didn't want to understand it, but you're you're writing kind of in a coded language so that your hearers wouldn't understand. So, uh, the Apostle John, when he wrote this on the uh, island of Patmos after being exiled for mm-hmm. the Word of God, right. um, he he wrote it in this style, which is why it's so symbolic. And, right. Uh, yeah. The images, the use of numbers, all of it. And it does. I mean, you can find apocalyptic literature in the Old Testament: Ezekiel, Daniel, mm-hmm. uh, Zechariah. Uh, it's not only Revelation. Sometimes Christians forget that there's elements of it, and it is. You know, I think it, it, it in probably the time frame you just referenced was a time when God's people were under a certain duress. Uh, there was oh, a kind persecution. of persecution. Yeah. I mean, the Babylonian captivity, and that resonates also in the book of Revelation, you know, the, the great Jezebel and, you know, the Babylon, the, uh, uh, the, the whore of Babylon kind of talk. And that's because that was such a, a difficult time. Egyptian bondage, probably the only one equal to or greater than that. So I think when God's people are under the gauntlet, you see this writing times of persecution, you see this writing become more popular as a means of deliverance that, hey, hang in there, faithful. Uh, God is going to do something uh, good here in the end. Right. And and uh, maybe uh, I'm thinking John wrote this probably because it was an intense time of persecution and he right. and, and it was aimed toward the hearers so that the unbelievers, the the uh, the Roman 
government would do well wouldn't wouldn't persecute uh, the church worse than it, they were already right. persecuting. Diocle- uh, I mean, if we go with the end of the century, which is my understanding of uh, who John the Apostle, some talk about John the Elder being somebody different, but John the Apostle, uh, the only of the 12 that did not die, but died a natural death. You mentioned his exile mm-hmm. on Patmos and towards the end of the first century, maybe around 95 or so. So, I mean, the temple has already been been destroyed uh, and it is a time of intense persecution from Rome. Diocletian, uh, I mean, Nero was certainly a time, Caligula, uh, also times of persecution against uh, the church, but Diocletian was a very serious persecution, so it, it would fit. And and uh, the emperor didn't uh, the emperor blame the Christians for the fire? Nero did, toward, yeah. Nero, yeah. So um, yeah, so it was it just added, just compounded. Uh, well, we were a scapegoat. I mean, the the Jews didn't didn't like us, of course, and uh, you know Christians initially. Uh, were under persecution from uh, uh, Judaism, you know, got Saul, who becomes later our St. Paul. So there was that element, but Rome didn't know what to do with us at first. Typically, they kind of just looked at us as a sect, kind of an offshoot of Judaism, and hey, all religions, it doesn't matter as long as you pay your taxes. But increasingly, we became under the ire of Rome, too. And so, you know... You've got it on both sides. You've got it from uh, from from fellow Jews. Initially, Christians were uh, Jewish in time mm-hmm. that became Gentile as well. But as you know, as the church grew across the Roman Empire, invariably we were going to start you know button heads with Roman authority, which right. came to be a problem. So well, we, again, it, it fits. Well, yeah, we 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 couldn't uh, burn incense to to uh, to Rome. To the, to yeah, Roman to Emperor. the emperor. We, right, we, we, emperor we, worship. We, yeah. We couldn't do that, so um, that again made us made us a target. And, and so John is uh, is on the island of Patmos, and he gets taken up uh, to see these uh, these visions uh, mm-hmm. of of uh, things that were to happen. And um, for the first the first thing that Jesus he sees Jesus, and the first thing is is that Jesus has messages for the churches. Mm-hmm. Seven. Right? And he writes to the angels of the churches, and we know angelos, it just means messenger, right? To the right. messengers of the churches, which are the pastors yeah, he's writing to. And, uh, and you know, the pastors probably then taking that to the people in the forms of their, their sermons. Um, but he's got, he's, got, uh, he's got good things to say, and he's got some yeah, critiques. Yeah, this is what you need to do better, and this is what you're not doing well. Yeah, yeah. pretty and, much uh, that follows the pattern. You know, and I find it interesting that there are that he lists seven churches. Now, through Revelation, we see this number repeat seven, 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 mm-hmm. right? These, and and seven means a complete completion, yeah, completion, right? So, um, my thought is is that Jesus is not just writing to the to the church, the all all the church, his church of that mm-hmm. time, but he's really writing to the churches of all time. I think that's our pretty much our understanding. As is a lot of these things are emblematic, and so they speak to uh, believers of all time. And, and you got to ask yourself, why is this in the Christian canon? Why did the Holy Spirit see that this book was included in the authoritative works of Scripture? Now, admittedly, we recognize this as antilegomena. There was controversy surrounding it because of its content and its cryptic nature and its symbolic language. But it ultimately was accepted into the Christian canon. And I, for one, am glad that it's there. I'll admit there are passages and parts of it that are 
difficult for us to decipher and understand with complete clarity, but the overarching message is for all Christians, not just the those are real churches. Those are real places. Right. And, but it, and you know what? And the churches of all times suffer the, the same kinds of, of problems, right? You know, sure Luke, the lukewarmness, right? Uh, we're losing right. our first love. Losing first love, Ephesus, and, you know, the worshiping at the synagogue of Satan, you know, where we make compromises with false teaching in the world. and Exactly. A seduction of materialism uh, and wealth. Uh, and, yeah, the, you, you really see how uh, it really does speak uh, to really Christians of all times in the churches, and the danger is we want to we want to see this on a on a on a, on a calendar linearly, like oh this happened and then that passed and it's done and now this section of the church or this one of the sevens is next sequentially, mm-hmm, and that's right. not the way to approach I think Revelation. You got to right. look at that kind of overarching thematic rotation, almost the cyclical rotation of these sevens. Well, and that's the Jewish mindset, right? Is cyclical. And it's the Western mindset that's, that's linear. Linear. Yeah. This happens, then that happens. And then this, and you just go down the line and you, you know, you don't repeat back in time, but that, yeah, that's a very Western mindset. Right. I mean, we talk about, uh, you know, those that are uh, fail to see the past are doomed to repeat it, right? So yeah. we could even see the cyclical things happen over and over again. So sure. there's no wonder that Revelation has has this same same theme uh, for for the church of all time, yeah. right? So um, so so Jesus has these warnings for the churches, and he's addressing you know he's he's addressing the angels, the the pastors of these churches. Uh, and giving them guidance, right, to correct mm-hmm. the things that are wrong, right. and then uh, and then uh, John, uh, John then moves into seeing a vision of uh, future things, right, things that mm-hmm. uh, are to happen, right. Um, and Let's say real quick though before we get into some of the pictures is what what day was this? You know, mm-hmm. he's taken mm-hmm. up in the spirit on the Lord's day. On the Lord's day, yeah. only only place in the New Testament that. That term applies, and here we see that the transition of Sunday worship has really become now a norm. Uh, not to say, I mean, for a while Christians were worshiping on the Sabbath, as we understand it, Saturday, you know, um, the seventh day where God rested and sanctified it. But we see in this new covenant even this priority on the resurrection of Christ, and that's when mm-hmm. Jesus appears to him. So I think that's noteworthy. I, yeah, that this, that's true. It's happening on true. Sunday. You know, he's taken up in the spirit. He's given these incredible visions. Right. And, you know, it's, and and maybe we can even throw in that John being exiled, he's by himself. He doesn't have his brothers, you know, right. and sisters around him. So uh, so he needs to be comforted. Sure. With these with this with these visions and that and was the meant as, puni- as, as punishment. I mean, to exile somebody wasn't just like a, you know, club med. Um, certainly things were delivered to him for sustenance, but it wasn't like you had contact with people on an ordinary right. basis. Now, I don't know. This is this is probably lore. It's probably not factual at all. And you can't back this up historically. But it's been said, I think, through Christian tradition that they tried to burn John in a in a vat of oil and he wouldn't burn so they exiled him instead <laughs> really okay that's interesting I, I didn't come across that one you know I, and again uh you know just full disclaimer i, I there's there's absolutely no, <laughs> no there's no biblical no, record no evidence, of it but, yeah, there's no yeah. biblical record of it um but but that's yeah that's just some some lore there 
I did uh, hear about one of the apostles. I didn't think it was John, but something to that effect where they tried to uh, execute him, but it, it didn't work. Um, huh. That Yeah. Interesting. It, yeah. You know what? I'm not going to say it can't be true. I mean, not everything is given to us in the word that we, you know, we don't need to know it for to make us wise into salvation. So could be. But there well, he is. It's, well, it's interesting is is and Jesus even said that, you know, what is it, you know, t- telling, you know, what is it to you if Peter telling Peter? Yeah. yeah telling Peter, what is it to you? Don't if, worry if, about it. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about John. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he is. Jesus had his back on that one, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so disciple whom he loved. But back to the back to the the now. Okay, so the Lord's Day, Jesus comes. I mean, eyes of fire, sort of the coming forth from his mouth. I mean, what an image of Jesus there too. Uh, I think that's an important image in itself. Uh, Jesus, and and we see him depicted throughout Revelation. You know, uh, much as a warrior. You know, mounted on the white steed, king of kings, lord of lords, emblazoned on the horse. And, and he's not coming in a manger this time. No. He's not coming on the cross this time. You know, mm-hmm. he did that already, and he's already fulfilled our salvation right. by it. And I think here then we see the culmination ultimately, and that's where all these sevens that repeat bring us to that same conclusion that ours not will be, but is the victory. And I think that's a hard concept for some of our Christian brothers and sisters to understand. They still almost imply that there's something yet pending with Armageddon and as if, you know, the forces of evil still, you know, are kind of... Well, they have uh, a chance, maybe? Yeah, they have a chance and we got to really muster and pull together and we know it's going to, you know, probably be good, but we don't know yet. You know what? The victory was decided on Calvary. Mm-hmm. 2,000 right. years ago when our Lord said it is finished, that's where he crushed right. the serpent's head, yes. the serpent that it comes back in in Revelation. And I think that's what John is reminding us of. Hey, Armageddon has been overcome. You know, this war in the, the Valley of Megiddo, where that word comes from, uh, you know, that's been already already decided in the victory of Christ by his resurrection. So we're not looking for some earthly kingdom. We're not looking for, you know, some cataclysmic battle yet to decide evil what the lake of fire is where satan is cast in and the false prophet and the beast and those that that names are not written in the book of life we'll let god uh decide those matters but um no i think it's important that those listening to us see in revelation that john is reminding the church that ours is now the victory in christ right so uh let's transition into the cycles we've got uh let's look at them we've really got uh, four cycles, but three of the cycles deal with um, destruction and culminate with the final judgment. The, the and, seals, the trumpets, the bowls, or the censers right. you're looking at? And, yeah. and yeah. so I found a pattern which was kind of interesting when you look at um, when you when you when you start off in these in the in the cycles. You see, like for example, you see the the four horsemen, right? They sometimes call the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Apocalypse, got, yeah. Yeah. So you you've you've got uh, conquest and dominance, the first horse, war yeah. and violence, the second horse, yeah. hunger and scarcity, the third horse, uh, death and the grave, Pestilence the fourth. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I what I found uh, interesting about the, the four horsemen, the first the first one is the white horse, right? And mm. this one isn't Jesus. Because he's not mm. identified as Jesus, he 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 has he's he's uh, he's given a a weapon and a crown to go and to conquer. Right. Um. This seems to be more uh humans 
fighting humans, right? This mm. seems to be the more mankind's brutality against mankind. Because sometimes God uses sin to punish sin. So, yeah, it's just, it, it's, an, it, it's an agent of God's wrath. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the, the, the second horse, uh, war, the war, you know, red horse, right? Red, yeah. Uh, war and violence. Uh, um, you've got uh, third is scarcity, hunger, um, you know, the uneven scales, right? Uh, right, right. Uh, and then fourth is the death and the grave. And all of these really are man-made from our sin, right? From Sure. Well, absolutely, so, yeah. The, the, the outcropping of sin as it you know goes forth across the earth. Because here's the thing, even though the victory is ours, Jesus died and rose, we realize there's a, there's a culmination, uh, the inheritance of, of that work ultimately in the resurrection of the dead and the life everlasting. So, I mean, we realize that, you know, some of these bad things are still happening to which we need to be reminded that there is an ultimate victory, the mm -hmm. new heavens and the new earth, and right now we can take comfort in knowing that, you know, because the victory is is ours in the future, we can draw strength from its meaning in the in the present. Right. I think that's the message of the apocalyptic uh, works is that, yeah, bad things are still going to happen, Christian, believer in, in God, but uh, it, it's not going to overcome you. Right. Remain right. faithful unto death and you receive the crown of life. That's the great yeah, uh, one of the great yeah. passages. Well, in exactly, yeah. exactly, and that goes into to to the fifth, uh, the the fifth seal is the persecution of the saints, mm -hmm. and and is that something that is going to happen, or is that something that's always been happening? Yeah, I mean the the blood of the uh, it almost sounds like Abel crying out from you know uh, avenging his death uh, to the Lord from his brother, and the, the you know the the martyrs underneath the altar in the mm -hmm. temple of heaven crying out for justice. Right and right. and you know yeah um, again we see these things not just isolated in one historic epic and now that's gone and done and finished and now something else is coming up right. but these things are repetitive and cyclical the persecution yeah. of the church I mean that's been from John's very yeah. era to right. the present day to the present day it's, and it's and it's going to continue to be with us until Jesus comes back. Um, and then we have uh, the sixth seal is the destruction of the world, and the seventh seal is the final judgment. So we've got right. we've got this cycle, right? And uh, by the way, you know, and the seals being opened, who's who's opening the seals? Who's worthy to mm. open the seals? It's the Lamb who was slain right. is worthy. And if you look at if you look at Revelation, it's it is so interesting that you, you could almost look at that at that at those verses in Revelation and see from uh from from the end of the gospels where jesus is ascending from earth and you see him ascend into heaven and uh, open the seals yeah 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 you know and it's move like things a, it's, along in a sense moving yeah, let, let's get to the place where we're in the new heavens and the new earth and they're they're asking who's worthy to open the seals and then the lamb shows up on the scene so right. I, there's a there's a picture in there of his ascension yeah right to well, the, that, the right hand of God. I think so. Four and five, I mean, the whole throne imagery, and you know, and culminating, I think, in seven, which is still, I think, one of the pearls of Revelation. The whole, you know, gathered before the throne, the the, the multitude from every nation, tribe, yeah, and, and race and tongue, and waving the palm branches. Who are these with the white robes? Yeah, and yeah. And what do the white robes signify? Right, Christ's righteousness dipped in the Lamb's yeah. blood. And 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 and. and uh, a multitude that no one could number. Number. 
not just 144,000. Right, and not yeah. just from the 12 tribes. It's, no. it's from every nation. Right, right. And and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. That I Amen. love. I've used that passage so many well, funerals, obviously, but I've used that passage so many times and draw draw such strength from it. And that's the whole point, you know. When we're overwhelmed by this world and despair and persecution, and even in our times, I mean, you know, we've talked about this in the past. I don't know that we can claim uh, martyrdom or any great persecution, but there is a form of it in America for us today as the church, maybe increasingly so, and yet. We are told that, hey, you know what? You're on the right side. You, you, you aligned yourself with, with Christ, the Lamb of God, who is the worthy one that opens these seals so we can get through these difficult days, but then we can see the light uh, at the end of the tunnel where, where Christ comes in his glory to receive his church. Actually, you know, actually, First um, Thessalonians 4 and uh, uh First Peter three are a real, I think, a good snapshot of Revelation in a more less cryptic, symbolic language, where the trumpet goes off and the dead in Christ rise, and we who are living are taken up. There's the rapture, by the way. I mean, Lutherans don't like the word sometimes, rapture, because it, it's fraught with false meaning about a period within a seven-year tribulation uh-huh. before, middle, or after that starts a thousand-year culminating with a great white throne judgment. And of course, we're, we're amillennialists. We don't believe in a literal thousand years. Revelation 20 uh, uses that language, but in a symbolic way. We are now, now in the end times. And we are going through all yeah. of these seven seals and various times, and, and Christians suffer too right. by some of these things. Well, yeah, some of these things happened in the past. Right. Uh, some of these things, you know, are ha- are going to happen in the future, but a lot of these things are going to keep happening. Yeah. Well, you had said something we were talking about ha- happening in the heavenly that there's a certain uh, dimensional element to some well, of this yeah, stuff. Well, the, yeah. The, so we we so we we looked at the seven seals, right? And then if you look at the seven trumpets, it has the same kind of rhythm as the seals, where it's it seems almost like the same. It's the same thing, but from a different vantage point. Yeah. Right. So you've got uh, seal the the first seal uh, for the trumpets blown, vegetation burned. And this is where we were talking about oh, man. a third. <laughs> That's right? what uh, inspired our podcast yeah. today. Yeah. So the I mean, world's is, burning, brother. Right. I mean, so my every, goodness. It seems, it seems like every year we're breaking these heat records, and we're breaking these heat records, and we're breaking right. these heat records of these average global temperatures. And they were even saying Florida, the the ocean is the ocean, hundred one. Yeah, yeah. Is some, is some, is, I mean, the is, sea's boiling. That's what the right. Bible talks about. The yeah. sea's boiling. So I mean, we're um, not maybe boiling, but we're darn close to yeah, it. Yeah. So you know, it, can it get to the point where where there there's no way we can even have grass anymore? I mean, you go to Arizona, no one has grass. They've got rocks in their front right. yard. You know? Right. So is it going to get that point on uh, in all scorch, the earth? Scorch the earth. Right. Well, th- this so, ra- this raises an interesting question, though. Is you know, because I know the temptation is, and I and I think it's warranted. What we're talking about, I think, has some some temporal. There's a touch point between the symbolic and what's really happening. But there's also a danger if we use Revelation as some sort of a, you know, map that if we only have the right deciphering key, we can figure out not only these things that are happening, but more. I think a lot of people like Revelation because they're trying to figure out when. Jesus is going to return, uh-huh. and that's not the message. No, the, the the message is to be prepared at all times, to be joyful in the face of suffering, 
And it's not when, but how he returns, victorious, glorious, reaping the church, reestablishing entrance to that tree of life. So, I mean, I was telling you when we were talking, um, I forget, I think it was in the 70s, um, um, uh, uh, Hal Lindsey, the late great planet Earth, uh, there, there's been a, there's been periods and pockets in, in, in Christendom where there's been a real lot of interest in the end times and the book of Revelation and all the Old Testament passages too. And, uh, you know, he tried to interpret everything very, very literally to the point where I remember the locusts, for one example, uh, the locusts that go out as a scourge on the earth and human faces, he said, well, that's, you know, Black Hawk helicopters with pilots and if we're looking for you know literal yeah. interpretations, we can get we can we can miss the bigger point. However, I mean I think you and I both you're not you don't have to be blind to say that scorching the earth and the vegetation and seas boiling, you know maybe that does have some touch point on earth. What what's your right. feeling on how how literal should we be and how well, do we yeah, back off people, and say this is more general? Some uh, yeah some people like Hal Lindsey and others want to want to basically just assume that John was giving things these visions code. of things that he, that he he could never decipher because he's never seen them before. So mm-hmm. if, if you're I mean if you're, so if you're describing them as best yeah, you can. Yeah, if you're if you're John and you're seeing a Black Hawk helicopter, you maybe describe it looking like a locust a locust yeah. or or some or scorpion with a stinging tail or or some, or maybe even some futuristic thing that we can't even, you know, uh, comprehend at this point. Who knows? But um, I don't think it's that. I, I, I think the, the, the. I think if John was taken up in heaven and given these glimpses, he's given the understanding to go along with them of what, I, of what I, they are. And he's writing. I like to believe remember, that that he's remember, in on it. He's yeah. in on what this means. And he's writing in code. Yeah. You know. So, so I don't think he's. So t- to your point, I don't think he is trying to like, okay, Jesus is showing him something from 2,000 years into the future, which he does his best to describe. I, I don't think that's what's happening. I think that he is talking about something uh, miraculous, supernatural, um, you know, in another worldly way, uh, something that he's seeing that has some some basis you know we can you know we recognize what horses are we recognize we understand what a locust is trumpets uh, angels so the images are there but the way that he applies them are in a a a, a kind of an intensified way that's revelation yeah. apocalyptic literature it it's it's like hyper reality but it's meant though to give even though it's told in this supernatural way it's meant to give a natural and a temporal comfort so even though we may not be able to understand. I guess my my point here is we may not be able to understand everything John is talking about in the way maybe his first audience was. But that's not to say that we are completely lost and oblivious and we can't take any meaning from these things today. Because I think we can. I think we can look at these images and be comforted by the fact that that Christ is triumphant, that the church will prevail, that uh, the Antichrist will not overcome us nor the dragon uh you know the 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 woman mm-hmm. and the and the child flee right. mm-hmm. uh from the dragon you know uh is well, that mary and jesus or is that the church somehow you know well, people- i mean it's this these things that are happening to the earth right these cycles of things that are happening to the earth it's not much different 
than Paul saying the earth is groaning. Right. Yeah. Romans right? 8. Uh, you know, and, and is, is like it's a woman dying. in, in tra- travel. Right. It's labor dying. pains. It's dying. Right. Yeah. And, um, and it's dying because of what mankind in sin brought to it, to the creation. Sure. So, um, you know, these, these things that are happening, it's, it's, it's not something that, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, Paul wasn't writing in code. John was, and John was giving descriptions of things that would happen. Right. So, um, yeah, so we we see these cycles going on, um, and again, it's 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 meant for encouragement. You know, God is. is telling us what's going to happen. He's saying, look, man, man's going to be ugly to each other. Man, mankind's right. going to be ugly to each other. The earth is giving way, right? Sure. It's grown, it's groaning, it's passing away. Um, and whether um, we want to dismiss that as climate change, I mean, oh, that's just the way. No, I mean, you can call it whatever you want, but this is what God said was going to happen, and it helps the church brace in a sense and prepare uh for the end of the world and not but not to despair because the end of the world for the church is the rapture is right. our entrance into heaven the kingdom of heaven that's not right. a scary thought no but we got to go through these things to get there and right. and so and then the next thing is is satan being you know and it says satan being hurled down right right being being thrown from heaven to earth and he's Ticked loosed, off, loosed for that the little season. He's yeah. ticked off, and you know what? And it, it says he's coming after the church's children. He's coming after the yeah. church, right? Well, there, that's it. Make war. That's it right there. He 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 knows he can't. He Jesus defeated him, you know, absolutely categorically, decisively. There's no unfinished business uh, in the gospel, but he can still take you know pot shots at uh, at the church. The offspring, in a sense, of of Christ. Right. You know, we we the church are the bride of Christ, but there's also that image of the offspring, that we are the ones that um, are are we're the product of God's grace, uh, the offspring of God's grace, and the in the working of the Holy Spirit. And Satan right. sees us as you know easy prey. Right. I I and he he says this in Revelation eight. Oh, I'm sorry, Revelation nine. I saw I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit he opened the yeah. shaft and you know so there you go i mean uh we you know he's he's let loose to deceive the nations right right uh and i'll tell you it feels like our nations are pretty deceived it feels like they're oh man uh, there's a strong delusion fake news <laughs> strong <laughs> not yeah, to use a, political language but yeah i mean what is what how can you believe anything you know, and how the, you know, it's funny, I was going to say about AI, artificial intelligence. That was another one that was real popular. I remember in the early 80s that they were claiming the beast was actually a supercomputer in Brussels. <laughs> that was named the beast or something like that. Right. Again, I don't know how literal we should look for these things to be, but boy, that makes you wonder too with what's technologically on the horizon with what uh, AI is capable of is is. Is that the Antichrist? I mean, uh, 666, you can interpret that six ways to Sunday. I defer to Paul's language in uh, 2 Thessalonians, the man of lawlessness mm-hmm. is his take. Antichrist is a word John uses, and he uses it right. in his epistles, too. There yeah, are many he, uses it, he uses it against Gnosticism. He does, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the beast, the number six, 666, for emphasis, six is the number of man. 
Right. So it's 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 human. It's incar in a sense incarnational, which is then why is that significant? Well, Jesus is incarnational. God made right. man. Mm -hmm. So the beast, his counterpart in a sense, is unholy trinity of the false prophet, uh, the beast, and then the dragon. It mirrors in a negative sense the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So I mean, the beast is is human. It's not right. a divine figure. It's a mimic. Of, yeah, of, of Christ or an antichrist, yeah. a, a false Christ, Messiah, a false yeah. Christ. That's what John is saying, right? Coming with false. signs and wonders and leading everybody but the elect, right? Right, and that there, there you go again. That's the point: is that the elect, the faithful, are not taken in by this. We're not deceived by that, and and I think that's John's message in Revelation from start to finish. Well, and, and the thing is, too, is if you look at the hundred and forty-four, I mean. Before, before it, 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 you know, before the next, uh, the the next wave comes, God says, you know, seal, right? The right. hundred forty-four thousand. We know the hundred forty-four thousand is a symbolic number of God's people, all of God's people, all of God's people. Yeah. And and baptism is is twelve times used. twelve. Yeah. Baptism is used as a seal. It's talked about in the New Testament as a seal. Absolutely, absolutely. So that I mean, that's baptism. Right is is all all of, of God's baptized believers the elect of God are, are sealed right and and uh, so we're 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 divinely protected and there's the comfort I tell you to know I mean uh, it, it's it's a it's a confu it can be a confusing teaching the doctrine of election God's chosen because we know God wishes all to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth so. But having said that, there is, though, those that God in his grace has called from eternity to be his own, and he protects that group. He protects us, the faithful, those who confess Jesus as Lord, right. those who, who who align themselves with the Lamb and have washed right. their robes in his blood. Forgiven. And, that, and that doesn't mean that we don't suffer physically, uh, even up to even to death on earth. That means that we're saved eternally. Right. That means we avoid the second death. That's what, right. that's the big rub. You know, death is not the problem. It's the second death. It's that yes. spiritual death, that separation from God. This is where we get to the end of the story here in Revelation. You know, the lake of fire, that's the second death where you are eternally separated from God. And that's what Jesus speaks about in his way, not in, not in apocalyptic language, but almost in, in parable language, the separation of the the, the sheep and the goats, separation of the wheat and the weeds, mm -hmm, separation right. of the good fish and the bad fish. Right. Is what he's talking about. He's talking about the same thing that John is talking right. about in in a, in a different way. But he's talking about, hey, God knows his own. The she the shepherd knows his sheep. And we don't have to despair. I mean, it's going to get tough. Like you say, we're, we're I mean, if it's hot for everybody else, it's hot for the Christian, too. Right. Uh, if there's not enough food for everybody else, there's not enough food for the Christian too. Right. So forth. So we we're caught up in some of that, but not to the point of of despair. And not to that, the point not to the point of giving in to a, a false messiah. Either. Right. We're 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 sealed with the Holy Spirit. Uh, God's going to make sure that we know uh, truth from error. Right. And, and it, uh, yeah, because of because the, the Antichrist is going to come with with powerful signs and wonders and lead many away. Right. Uh, so, um, you know, this is a time of grace, but that time is going to end. 
you know, when when this when this happens, it's it's bad news for for the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, uh, of course. But something, too, is that do you think do you think that, you know, a lot of because of the, the book of Revelation is highly symbolic and there's there's the whole section. The third vision really is 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 uh, warfare in heaven. And a lot of the things happening mm. in the invisible world, we can't see. People want to make hay out of it and try to explain it in temporal terms. Well, this is what we were saying is how much when you look at a book like Revelation, how much do you want to, you know, hang your hat on something literal that is in our temporal world versus something that is supernatural or, or, or at least in the heavenly realm? Certainly the battle between, you know, um, Michael and, you know, the archangel mm -hmm. and right. the forces of, of, of the devil he as he's cast down. out and a third of heaven is cast out. That's happening in the celestial realm. That's not an earthly thing. Right. So, I mean, there are some things that are happening in the book of Revelation. There are some things that John is referencing that have happened, I mean, Already. maybe at the dawn of creation. Well, you think you about know. it. Uh, Jesus said, I saw, I saw Satan, Satan fall, fall from heaven like, from lightning. Like, like lightning. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's talking past tense. Well, or maybe not, because, you know, for God, it, past, present, future, it's all the same. See, that's the thing. We want to... There's that whole cyclical thing that is much more in keeping with divine thought, with the divine thinking process than it is with the human temporal thought. We tend to be linear. One thing happens at a time. For God, that's irrelevant. It all kind of is meshed together in this thing that I sometimes call the eternal now, which we can't even begin to understand what that is. How is past, present, and future all melded together into one simultaneous thing? But I think from God's point of view, that's where Peter tries to explain it. A day is like a thousand years, a thousand mm -hmm. years like a day. Um, that gives us some understanding maybe of what we're trying to say here. But uh, yeah, from God's point of view, you know, this whole thing about his will being done. And that's what I, that's what I take from Revelation is the Christian is reminded that God's will is absolutely unopposable. God's plan from creation has come to fruition, that he created a perfect paradise. It fell to sin. Satan seemed to rule for a while. God dealt with it, cast him out, and redeemed mankind through the blood of the lamb, and then a restored creation. Jesus mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, a, a redeemer is, I mean, we can talk about the gospel in a lot of different ways. And uh, one of the ones that Revelation presents is Jesus restores Eden. He opens the door again so that we can come in and eat from the tree of life and live forever. Um, we're not cast out. Right. Whereas we were in our sin, we were cast out of paradise. Jesus says, hey, the door is open. Come back in. And, and that's revelation. Right. So we are told that, you know, hang in there a little while, Christian. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm, and that com little, I'm coming soon. Don't, right, don't that little, despair. That little while may, may end up in martyrdom. It may not. But right. um, but Jesus is, you know, he's coming soon, whether that means he's coming to, to take you with to be where he is. Right. Or or he's going to end, you know, the the, the earth is going to end and he's coming back uh, for the resurrection of the dead. Um, either way, it's a win win. Well, what you said was very important that martyred or not, it doesn't matter from God's point of view. The victory is still decided in Christ. Because I think some people like Revelation 
because they see in it this message that the church is going to like uh, kick butt on earth. We're going to rule. That's that whole millennialism, the Jewish thinking. Actually, millennialism is rooted in Judaism, that Israel would establish an earthly kingdom uh, rivaled under like that of David and Solomon's. And and it would be a time of prosperity and you name it. And I think that appeals to a lot of evangelical Christians that, hey, you know what, right now we're getting kicked around. But yeah. hey, there's going to come a time when the church, the Christian church is going to rule on earth. And it's like, Jesus said plainly, my kingdom is not of this world. No, no, exactly. So there's no guarantee that the church will succeed or not by an earthly definition. But the victory, the victory that ultimately that heavenly kingdom... You know, we're the church militant on earth, the church triumphant in the kingdom. Uh, right. That day is ours in Christ, and it is coming. So I don't care. You know, martyrdom, suffering, it doesn't matter. That's not the, the message is that Christians won't suffer. The, the message of revelation is the Christian will rise over, over their suffering as their triumphant king returns for them. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, there there are some other, I mean, there's some other uh, other signs in here, demonic, uh, demonic oppression, uh, and especially to unbelievers, uh, there's, there's, there's actually demonic torments, yeah. uh, that's yeah. talked about, um, yeah. uh, in the, in the, in the bowls that are poured out, uh, the sixth bowl before the final judgment. Um, and then that says too, that they refused mm. to give God the glory. They refused. they, they 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 just kept on with their hatred toward God and blamed him for the for the torments. Exactly. These bad things were happening, but they refused to repent and glorify God. Mm-hmm. And boy, and, and almost too, God sends a delusion though, too, at yeah, one point. Strong delusion. Yeah. But, yeah. So oh. like, you know, like, hey, I gave you a chance. You know, your day of grace is is over. Right. Hebrews speaks in a similar way. Well, yeah. And 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 Paul says that, you know, uh God gave them over. Uh, right. You know, when they, re- they when they, when they refuse to repent, God gives them over to what they over want. To this, Basically, you, and that's just that's not punishing them. He's just giving them what they want. Well, in, in, well, sin, sin sin begets sin. I mean, uh, in well, God uses sin to punish the sinner, but some but sin begets sin is yeah. what I mean. Uh, is that you know, if you live in a lifestyle like that, it just it becomes in, in, encroaching. It just infests every part of your life. He who lives by the sword dies by the sword. If you live a violent life, you're going to die at a violent death. So, I mean, if you live in a godless way, you know, uh, it's unlikely that you will come to a point of of repentance and faith when you see the truth of God. You're right. steeped in darkness to the point that the light is beyond you. And that's right. not God's, you know, God doesn't like you. That's That's the Calvinistic double predestination. We don't yeah. buy into that. It's not so much that God withholds his grace is that you're not interested in it with it so you know he moves on to those who are dust the dust off your feet so we've got these cycles of man-made problems of of uh persecution uh you know uh destruction of the world and then the the final the final judgment Mm. right um and when christ comes back uh the dead in christ are going to rise first Right. Well, that's and the, then, that's and the then first all the living, all the right. living believers are going to be gathered up in the air right. to be Christ. She gives up its dead. Hades gives up its dead. I mean, um, I, you know, we can get into the whole 
you know, soul sleep versus are are the elect with God. Um, I, I, when I look at Revelation, I can see the argument going two ways. I mean, on the one hand, on the one hand, you have the souls in heaven crying out for justice under the altar of God, the martyrs. So there's a consciousness there, but then you have almost this implication that the dead are waiting, and their their bodies are mm-hmm. are they're in the sea or Hades, a reference to kind of like almost like a Sheol, the place of right. the dead. You know, so I don't know, but 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 in some way there's a revivification of the flesh that the dead in Christ bodily rise. This is the bodily resurrection. This is Ezekiel again, the dr- valley right. of dry bones. Dry bones. Yeah, in back. fact, in fact, if that's you look apocalyptic at Re- language. If there exactly, and if you look at Revelation 10 verse 7, but in that days of the trumpet call to be sounded by the seventh angel. The mystery of God would be fulfilled just as he announced to his servants, the prophets. And then if you look at 1 Corinthians 15, 51, behold, I tell you a mystery. We will mm-hmm. not all sleep, sleep, but we will be changed in a moment in the twinkle of an eye at the last trumpet. I love that. I love but that. the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. So it gives us some sense that Revelation, while being symbolic, there is some, again, temporal, literal understanding of what these events uh, right. will entail. The mystery of God is the resurrection of the dead, is, yeah. is us putting on imperishable and a new imperishable body. The dead rising, the flesh changing. And, and yeah. not, not just, I, I don't think not just as Adam and Eve was before the fall, but a glorified body after Christ's. Mm. Much as body. Jesus, yeah. yeah. After the firstborn, the first, right. uh, the first fruits of the dead, you know, as he rose, uh, recognizable, but yet something, something so much more. And you but know, he, it's it's interesting uh, too that uh, I heard this week um, on a on a podcast I was listening to. Uh, these are these these are questions that a pastor wrote and started writing down questions from uh, catechism students, right? Right uh, for confirmation students, and he started writing them down. And one of the uh, one of the one of the kids asked, um, "Well, you know, when we're in heaven, if somebody sins, do we kind of like <laughs> lose it again?" Uh. And and the the pastor's answer was, "No, we'll be so changed, so infused with the Holy Spirit that sinning wouldn't even enter our being." Our, cho- our, you know, our so-called free will will be so governed by God's loving grace. We will be so infused with Jesus's self. I mean, we are in Christ and Christ in us that, yeah, the thought of choosing wrongly or sinning would be impossible. Right. And that's what it means to have a glorified body, right? I like it's, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's yeah. We are so in Christ. I mean, now we are in Christ by grace through faith, but we rec- we wrestle with the old Adam. But in the kingdom of heaven, in the glorified flesh, uh, yeah, there won't be, you know what, there won't be the, uh, you know, it doesn't talk about a tree of knowledge of good and evil. There is no testing no. of the new of the new man and, and woman in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, it's only the tree of life that we uh, enter. That's the yeah, one that gets and, life. And, and this, is, this, is where, this is where everything culminates too, right? Where do you see the tree of life? In, in all of scripture, you see it in the Garden of Eden, and then it's it's there at the yeah. end in, in the book of Revelation. Um, and 
it, which it, makes it, a marvelous. I mean, if you're reading the Bible as a book, not just chopping it up with the 66 canonical books, it really holds together that way. Yeah, I mean, exactly. again, I'm glad Revelation is in the Bible because it something would be missing from Genesis if there wasn't Revelation. Right. Uh, so, so you know, we've got paradise restored. We basically exactly. we have it. We have an eternal Eden. That's it in a nutshell, you know. And I mean, you can obviously before that you got the New Jerusalem come down from heaven, the uh, the the cube almost, the holy cube yeah, of God's yeah. city. Um, I mean, yeah, streets yeah. of transparent gold, gold, and right, right, and all gates, this gates made out of huge gemstones. Yeah. I mean, again, that's imagery. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a literal sense like that. First of all, it'd be kind of small for all the tribes and, and languages and tongues of all the elect well, of God the century, but not, not unless can, God shrinks us down. I guess not if we can float around. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I had a lady once say, Pastor, I'm going to be upset in heaven. I said, why? Well, there's no full moon. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, the Bible says there's only light. There's no sun or or stars well, the, or moon. The, yeah, the light is. It's only is, the light of, yeah, there, there doesn't need to be a sun because Jesus yeah. is light. I go, that's what I said, too. We don't want to be so literal. I mean, I don't know if there's going to be night and full moons in heaven. Who knows? I mean, is there going to be animals in heaven? I'm sure I there think, will be. I, I think so. They were there originally in Eden. Exactly. So. I think I think God uh, I think there God is morning and if, God is re- if, if God is restoring the creation, He's going to restore it with animals. I believe. I do too, and I think heaven. This is I mean a little bit off track from Revelation, but I, I think heaven being a restored Eden will be a paradise. I mean I think we're probably going to be I don't know the r- white robes. Is that literal? I I don't think we're going to be walking around naked. <laughs> I think we'll have clothes, you know, robes or something. Well, and, and that's the thing, too, is that, you know, and okay, ladies out there, anybody that's listening yeah. that's married and think your husband is going to be your husband in eternity. No. I'm sorry to say, no, Jesus said we're going to be like the angels, neither marrying or giving in marriage. So we can be, we'll, we'll have these relationships from earth that we'll know about and cherish, sure, right. but we're going to become brothers and sisters. There's and not even sexual a, beings. No, and yeah, there is no marriage or procreation. That uh, that's a command for earth be fruitful and multiply. But yeah, there's even uh, the, you know, the white stone that we receive, and mm-hmm. in the new name. You know, are we going to have new names in heaven? Uh, these these are the mysteries that Revelation presents that give us a little bit of of, of whimsy and hope. I mean, the beauty of it. Uh, I like that. There's a little bit of mystery that I don't understand everything about revelation when i read it and uh not that we're you know have a license to interpret it however we want but i think it gives us an image of a paradise restored a beautiful place that is mysterious and um and dare i use the word even mystical and in in the sense that you know uh god has well again first corinthians 2 9 what god has prepared for those who love him what no eye has seen no ear has heard, nor the heart of man can conceive. I think that's oh, what, yeah. that's the paradise that awaits us. And I think Revelation does, frankly, a very good job of saying, it's going to be bad for a while, Christians. But, uh, but, yeah. it, you're caught up into something. The wrath of God is being poured upon uh, the earth in various ways. Man's inhumanity to man is also a factor here. But hey, 
hang in there. Be be strong. Lean on the grace of God, be, because this is what awaits. Yeah, Jesus Jesus said, "Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world." Right. And uh, he gives us that victory. He gives it to us. Let's let's close with. Uh, I mean, I love this verse. It's 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 one of my favorites. Uh, it's from the book of Revelation, chapter twenty one, chapter uh, verse four. He will wipe away every tear from their yeah. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, look, I am making all things new. Right. Amen. I tell you, if that ain't something to give us courage and hope in the face of any adversity, I don't know what could, that this is what awaits those who continue to strong, draw strength from the Lamb. And Jesus' promise, too, is in there, yea, I'm coming soon. Uh, it, it, it echoes the Great Commission. Yeah. You know, I am with you. Um, uh, that, that too, to me, is comforting. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's sometimes, um, I guess, tempting in the frailty of our flesh as we face various trials, either outright persecution or uh, uh, just things that are happening in the world uh, via, you know, uh, you know, uh, earthly things like the, the hot weather or flooding and all these perils that we hear kind of echoed in some of these trumpets and bowls and and uh, the outpouring of of God's wrath. You know, it 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 shouldn't it shouldn't rob us of our joy that God is at work no. in these. He's making he's he's making all things new. And it will happen. It, we will see, at, you know, uh, if we, whether we, we live and we die, you know, we die temporally and uh, we wait for the resurrection or we're the last gen- generation that's caught up in it, uh, it will come to an end. Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, yeah. and you know, that, and that's, you know, maybe too, just a, a final thought I, I have is, you know, when you look at a book like Revelation and you look like, and you look at the signs that Jesus said, and people will shrug as they did in Peter addresses this. Oh, these things have happened forever. They've, they've happened before. There's nothing new or novel here. What's what's the point of it all? I, I think that it prepares the church of every generation. If this is the one that Jesus returns in, I rejoice and am glad. Or if you say, uh, as you said, David, uh, you know, we are the ones that maybe we, we, we sleep in death and wait the trumpet call when the dead are raised. Um, it doesn't really matter because we're mm. supposed to be ready and prepared and and joyful in the face of adversity, whatever generation. That's the seven churches. It's not just a church of there and then, but it's, it's the it's, church of all it's, time. It's church of all time. You know. Right. So yeah, I think you know what I think we've kind of hit these hit the revelation, just kind of a, a broad overview. But I think we've given it. Uh, uh, we've given people something to basically look at and be less confused, and 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 less in despair because I mean you could read Revelation and come away not just confused but also like oh man where do I fit in all of this I mean am I come am I the, the whole left behind series right am I yeah. left behind am I left yeah. out. Heck no. No. If you follow, well, Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, you're not left out. Well, and the thing is, Jesus said too, right? In 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 the in the, uh, in, in the parables coming up for this for this Sunday, didn't Jesus say, "Hey, no, no, don't don't pull up the 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 weeds because you'll uproot right the, the weed weeds too." 
along with it wait until the harvest and that's angel's work right and that's angel's work so we we, we don't know so there is no left behind right it's it's just at the very end there's a separation and that's when it happens it always comes down always comes down to a waiting so so yeah don't yeah if you're out there thinking that you were left behind don't worry about you weren't. <laughs> so maybe maybe the fact that you're even thinking or worried about it is proof, it's, yeah, it's proof, proof that faith. yeah, it's proof that, that you have I mean, faith. that you yeah. care about this is an indication right. that you know God is at work in your heart here. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean for the for the churches, Jesus Jesus says, hey, you know, don't become low, lukewarm, which right. means you know, open His Word, believe His Word, uh, go to church on Sunday, hear His Word, receive the sacrament. It's important. Uh, you know, don't don't uh, don't give in to the world. Right. Um, uh, you know, uh, we are called out of the world, so do that. Yeah, live boldly in the confidence of Christ's love and in, and in His yeah. resurrection. Amen. Amen. All right, we'll leave it there, Pastor. I love you, man. Love you too, brother. Uh, it's good, always good talking, and Amen. we'll be talking soon. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll All be right. back again, everybody. All right, and everybody out there, until we meet again. Amen. <laughs>